1: Up, radio on time, on target. Uh, this is actually an interesting episode because of the fact that we just had our yearly. T- we're we're going to make these quarterly. But basically, are we? Th- that's what was said, but who said that? I think Brandon said, right? I Bradley?
0: didn't catch it either. I didn't catch it. It was mentioned. It was mentioned at some. Point. Sean Spoons was like, "Yeah, we need to have these like every quarter." No, no, no. We should have them every week.
1: <laughs> so. Our, uh, I don't know, several times a year meeting that we've had for Hurricane Group, and uh, everybody has met here in New York City. And Nick Kaufman was in town, just like uh, all the rest of the staff I need more PowerPoint. So, I I guess the the big announcement in terms of, for you, Nick, is that your duties have increased here, and you're going to be a bigger presence at... The site and, and hurricane at large.
2: Yeah, so just the overall direction of the editorial staff. We'll um, be helping to make sure that we're all rowing in the same direction. The um, one thing I did want to address with this change is me being the all sites editor in chief, is to make sure that it's clear that Jack Murphy is still the lead man <laughs> at News Rep. I know, uh, not to get too into the weeds with it, but we did make an announcement. Um, uh, through the site recently, and I just wanted to make sure that everyone is aware that uh, his experience is still um, being relied on to to lead our team from uh, an editorial I'm, standpoint. I'm going to be
0: running the the news site, and Nick will be overall, you know, in charge of the family, the umbrella of uh, of Hurricane Media websites.
2: Yeah, we've got we've got editors at each of our four sites for Fighter Sweep, News Rep, Loadout Room, and SpecialOperations.com. And um, I'm basically tasked with taking what's coming down from the operations team, uh, transmitting that down to the editors, and then taking everything back from the editors up, up the, the flagpole. So um, basically, nothing changes in terms of the content that we're delivering, uh, the writing staff that we have. We're still going to look to expand that and uh, keep hitting the, the topics that we're currently involved with. and hopefully have some more uh, emphasis on breaking news and in-depth analysis um, where uh, we've added one new writer to the team recently. Uh, yeah, we, I shouldn't that say that he's, say I shouldn't say that he's new. He, we've brought back a, uh, okay. an awesome writer.
0: Yeah. Jay from the UK. Yeah. Yes. Jamie. Um, I, I actually had a uh, lunch with Jamie and his old lady on uh, down on wall street That's right. uh, a couple weeks ago. He was in town just uh, visiting And uh, Jamie is an interesting cat. I met Jamie in Syria in 2015 when I was in the country extrajudiciously, I guess you could say. (laughs) Well, we all were. (laughs) Um, And uh, Jamie was over there with the YPG, and I met him and and some of the other guys who this audience are probably familiar with. Uh, Josh Bell was over there. Uh, Jordan Madsen was over there. Uh, You know, I ran into all these guys. Buck Clay was over there. Um, Crossed paths with a lot of these dudes while I was over there. Um, And Jamie was one of them. Um, And uh, later down the line, uh, he came to work with us. Um, I sent Jamie to Somalia. He did some reporting from there. Uh, He did some reporting from Ukraine for us. He did reporting um, after... um, some terrorist attacks. He went to Paris. He went to Brussels, did some reporting there from, for us. So, I mean, he's kind of an old hand with, uh, with the website. And um, he had been doing uh, some security contracting down in Basra, doing like executive, pr- or not executive protection, but let's just say mobile protection for um, oil companies down, down in Basra. Um, he's back home now approached me you know when we had lunch asked if uh if we were looking for anyone if he could come back and write for us and uh, it's good timing so yeah i mean it turns out that we need his expertise with the ukraine
2: with africa because you know things aren't slowing down in on, in africa yeah, yeah um just his his areas of expertise are needed on our staff so it was perfect timing and glad to have him back
0: yeah yeah he brings a, a depth of experience with him um it's a good guy he's from scotland so uh it, we'll have to get him on the podcast sometime. No, we have had him on the podcast yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just he has that he has that thick accent, um, but it's okay. When, I when, thought it was British, but I guess I'm wrong. No, no, he's from Scotland. Okay,
2: yeah, I was thinking British as well, but you you would uh, he I can would... he
0: can correct me um, and come and like smash a beer bottle over the back <laughs> of my head if I'm wrong. But I'm I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> he's uh, Scottish.
1: But it clears it, it up some things because with the name change, which is not so recent at this point. I mean, people know that the site is News Rep, that the radio show is still Soft Rep Radio, but we're we're not going to stop covering special operations news. When it's no, important, no. we'll get to it. We're, just at, we're expanding that into some financial stuff into other fields, which we've been doing for a while, but it was just overdue that we... Yeah, man brand. I mean
0: we've been reporting on like geopolitical stuff uh, all, I mean we've published all, stuff about private military companies, all sorts of things in the national defense realm, uh, domestic security, uh, you know international politics I mean we, we when we were soft rep we were posting all kinds of different stuff writing all kinds of different stuff so I mean I think the name change just reflects what we were already doing and um, and, and it doesn't pigeonhole us into being merely a special operations vet bro website. And we were talking about today, and it's true. I I think you mentioned it, and I I definitely have experienced as well. Like some of the people who came and read SoftRap really believed it was a .gov website. They thought it was like an appendage of Special Operations Command. Or thought that they had to have been a veteran themselves to be able to access the community right, and things right. like that. So I, I'd even have come people uh, come to me and be like, Jack, why you 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 know you can't use four-letter words like that. That's not appropriate for a, a government site. I'm like, well hold on, buddy. <laughs> this is a privately owned commercial website. And we, there's never any intention to deceive people. We were always totally out front about who we are and what we do. But that name alone saw off wrap actually did confuse some people. Yeah. So,
2: and to, to address some of the concerns that we've had from some of our fans that have been with us, some of our readers that have been with us for years, um, you know, just just to reiterate, we're not getting away from reporting on special operations news when it's appropriate, but we're just, we're expanding our horizon and um, we're breaking away from some of the the petty things that come along with the military sure. and reporting For sure, we're, we're trying to become uh, a little bit more mainstream in that we're we're taking a more professional approach. We're not just a, a
0: blog anymore. We're we're at a n- proper news site, and um, you know the- it's not it's not 2014 anymore. I mean, a Navy SEAL's guide to gardening. Not necessary. <laughs> ten fast facts about why special forces is the best. Not really needed anymore. Uh, ten the, restaurants of of uh, every Navy SEAL. Yeah, the the heaty days of ISIS beheading videos are behind us. It, it's not 2015. It's not 2016. Like we have to evolve and grow up a little bit here. Yeah, and the writing staff we we've had some
2: changes for various reasons, in um, to address that as well. Just that there are there are certain times when it's not appropriate to discuss publicly why a writer's left um sometimes it's it's personal reasons whether it's their health family issues uh truth be told some writers get out on writing that that happens sure. quite a bit it's yeah. it's, it, it's a grind so just because uh, a fan favorite writer has left doesn't
0: necessarily indicate that there's a problem or, or they're just not writing as much at the moment exactly. i mean because these guys a lot of them have day jobs um, they're off doing their thing. And, and also they're, they're not, um, don't take this as a, as a slight against anyone, but they're not, uh, necessarily professional writers. We find people who are veterans and have real life experience and they write part-time or they write on the side. And you yeah. know. we've got, we've got writers on our staff that it it is their full-time job
2: and they produce dozens of articles <laughs> a week. <laughs> yeah. And, Out it, songs it, comes yeah, to mind. and Stavros is another writer that, that has that high volume and not everyone is built for that. So, to say that uh, a freelance writer that may be a good writer, um, to, to say that he can't support himself on that uh, sa- the salary that he's getting to write a few articles a week is is acceptable to me. I mean, for for some of our readers that may be upset that uh, a writer's left because he can't quote unquote make a living off of this. If he were capable of writing more articles and 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 maybe supporting that a little bit more, then it would be possible. But it's it's not always financially, uh, feasible for us to, to pay someone to quit their day job when they're only able to write a couple articles a week.
0: Right, right. So, I mean, that's just the honest you, truth. I mean, if you want to make $90,000 or $100,000 a year, uh, getting paid to write uh, very little material, I mean, you need to be like a rock star. You need to be like, you know, a, a well-established journalist working for like the New Yorker or the Atlantic or something. And there aren't too many of those people nowadays.
2: Yeah. So uh, it's been difficult for, I've been, I've tried to address, Uh, Some of the concerns through chat or chat room on the site and uh, emails even, but it's difficult to uh, articulate things the right way uh, through text. So I just wanted to address a little bit of that on here to let the the readers know that we we want to keep as many writers as we can, but there are a lot of reasons why they come and go.
1: I feel like a great deal of our audience, Nick, remembers you from coming on the podcast uh, probably about a year ago giving us updates on Marine Corps Major Fred Galvin because yeah. you're a uh, you're a Marine yourself and you are tied into that Marsaw community just through Fred Galvin, knowing him. Uh, people might be wondering, what's the update on that and, and how is his life going, having to live with what happened and now people knowing that these guys were innocent?
2: Sure, so it's actually really great to hear that he uh, has a... I won't get into the details of his job, but he's he's got a great job um, he was able to sell his business that he had uh it was it was a lot on him to to have the the weight of that business on his shoulders alone so he was able to sell that uh, he's got a great job um so he he is um still not done fighting for his marines um he's still in regular contact with congressman Walter Jones um still has a lot of things going on behind the scenes to try to get the the uh insignia the, the Raider insignia awarded to those Marines because due to some technicalities with uh, MAR admins and some um, administrative processes, they, they are technically not eligible, even though they're they're the plank holders for Marine Raiders. I mean, e- even I understand the Marine Corps, uh, we, they love their rules. Um, but in this case, just a, if, if anything is as simple of good faith, just give these guys the the badge and...
0: Yeah, it's like how guys, uh, guys who are LERPs in Vietnam, I mean, the the Ranger Association has deemed that, you know, the LERPs became Ranger companies later on in the war, but the Ranger Association in the U.S. military has deemed anyone who served in the LERPs, this is like the predecessor to the Rangers. So, you know, you're you're part of the family.
2: Yeah, so it's more,
0: um the Marine Corps came out uh with a,
2: a it was technically an exoneration, um, but the, it, it wasn't really as in-depth as they could have gone with it that's the last that I've reported on it was that the Marine Corps finally took time to acknowledge this formally and publicly. Um, but they've, they, I, I, it's very evident that the Marine Corps still just wants this all to go away. (laughs) Um, so on a personal level, it's been really neat to have met, uh, some of the guys aside from Fred, I've met a few of the guys that were, um, with Fox company and, um, I've, I've met one other in person, but I've talked to a few, um, outside of, Interviewing for the articles that I worked on, so that's been really neat. Uh, I actually had a chance to have some food with one of the guys and his wife. Um, and uh, truthfully, I didn't even uh, I I heard about this guy through a mutual friend, and it wasn't until I was having food with these this couple that they told me who oh, they really? were. It, it was more wow. of just the we, we knew this we knew a person um, that put us in touch uh, essentially and um it just worked out that they were going to be coming through town and I met up with them and we were eating food when I found out that that's who he was wow. so I got to hear the wife's perspective on what it was like which was a really uh you know kind of eye opening like I, I I could only imagine what she had to go through but to hear her say it was pretty um it, it was
0: pretty powerful so um it was amazing uh you know we I think we interviewed Fred twice We had you on several times. You wrote a series of articles about it. And uh, as I told Fred, I was... Uh, I was one of those guys in special operations at the time when it happened and I was one of those guys, I heard the rumors through the grapevine about how the first MARSOC deployment they get sent to Afghanistan and uh, they're, you know the, the story is basically that they were door gunning villagers type shit, that they just went buck wild and just started lighting everyone up and and then you hear and, and you see uh, you know the, there's documents and testimony and everything else now and you hear it also from Fred himself I mean the reality of what happened was so different. Yeah, it, in in
2: reading the actual declassified documents that I included in, in the series that I worked on, which other other uh, news outlets had avoided, uh, some didn't have access early on. But even when it became available, they they didn't want to go too deep into yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that. And if you read the statements from some of the officers involved, um, I mean, it, it was reckless uh, some of the decisions that they made and how they handled that case. It, there there were. For those that haven't read it, go back and do a search on News Rep for Marsoc uh, Fox Company or MarSock 7, mm-hmm. and you, it, it's, a, it's worth the read. I can um, link to it on this
1: episode, too. And the,
0: the question I, I have that remains, and I, I think Fred has, um, I think he can speculate, he probably has some intuition as to the reason, but the the big question to me is the reason why. Why did the Marine Corps and the Army set out to crucify these guys?
2: Yeah, and it, there's
0: an agenda. Well, if, and again, I, I touch
2: on it in my series. But if you look back before Marsoc was officially stood up, um, Donald Rumsfeld had ordered a Marine Special Operations unit to be stood up. Um, it was slow rolled, and you know, not to get too deep into it, but basically, um, uh, there's that one. one was stood yeah. up, and that that was the response to that. But it was, and they were, they they did an amazing job. Yeah, very successful um, in what they did, but then. It, it was basically um, just a half-hearted effort to, to meet the request from the secretary of defense. So it was, it um, wasn't institutionalized in the Marine yes. Corps. Yes. Yeah. So, so even at the early stage, it was evident that there was a resistance to it because there's a the whole mindset that all Marines are special. <laughs> every Marine's a rifleman, like, you know, whether you're reconnaissance or, or whatever else, you're, you're no more special than the cook. And, you know, that's just not true. First off, if, from my own personal opinion, but, The Marine Corps never uh, got away from that, and there was just a resistance to it. And then you get into the whole aspect of the the financial side of things within uh, SOCOM, and that whole battle. That there, there were just a lot of there were a lot of factors that uh, played into that. But, um, but yeah, it's it's been as difficult as that series was. It's it's definitely the most rewarding thing that I've worked on, and having to see how it affected real people um, mm-hmm. we had Justin Carroll on the podcast recently um, former Marsoc operator uh, great great guy and I, I really support what he's doing with his privacy and security and some of his other uh, opportunities that he's got, got going on but it's been good to see him and others uh, succeed in spite of that like the, some of those guys have had their struggles but they're um, I, I think what we were able to do is help them move past a lot of that.
0: Yeah. No, that's a, it's a good feeling. And, uh, I'm glad that, you know, we could lend our platform to, you know, what your, your work and also to Fred. Um, you know, I, it's amazing. You know, sometimes you don't realize when you write these things, you know, you work really hard on something, you publish it. Um, but like in my case, I I've had, um, the daughters of special forces soldiers I've written about come to me like, they like just it, it means the world to them to hear these stories about their dad and the things they did and uh it, they're just like overwhelmed with it. I had one guy um contact me and it was I wrote about how his mother was a um assigned to a uh, special forces to blue light special forces counterterrorism unit and she was the, I think the first and only woman actually on an ODA oh, wow. and she's doing in an intelligence role. And he's like, you know, my mom never really talked about what she did in the Army, and I found out really from reading your article. And he's like, and he's like, I printed it out, and I gave it to her, and it was like the best Mother's Day present ever. Like he was just so happy awesome. to learn about his mom. Um, it's always nice so, when good things happen yeah, in this it's, line it's, of work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's meaningful, you know. Yeah. It means something to people. And in this case, these Marines had been through, put through the ringer, you know, so for them to receive some kind of exoneration, I, I know that meant, means a lot to them. Yeah, it, al- it, it
1: also shows the real world impact of you writing this series. I, I think that it, for sure, had an impact on this actually happening and these guys getting exonerated.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: the the um, that's the one thing that I've I've always been very uh, certain to give credit to the company for is that you know Jack, you and Brandon at the time had given me a green light to do this, and you understood, um, from you know at whatever level you all understood the implications of putting this information out there. Because um, other outlets had shied away from getting down into the nitty-gritty details. And, I had. and I had
0: thought uh, up until the time that I I communicated with you, I had thought that, yeah, it's true. They were door-gunning villagers. Yeah. I believe that myself. Um, and I would I would not have – I never said it here because I didn't have any facts. And thank God I, you know, didn't participate in spreading the rumors. Yeah. But um, I just I just mentioned that to say how pervasive this belief was. Um. So I mean, it was a, an illuminating um experience for me just to let you, you know, have you write that article. Yeah, there's something to say for that because uh, in talking to these
2: guys, uh, meeting a few of them in person, like I said, um, you realize that they're very intelligent people. They're not. They're not. Uh, whether they were a little younger at the time, obviously they were. They weren't cowboys or, um, you know, childish. Marines out there. I mean, yeah. they, they were they were experienced, combat hardened veterans. That I mean, they all came from force recon. Didn't correct. Yeah. Yes, they were all pulled directly from the reconnaissance community. And uh, yeah, again, just not only the the documentation that I had to back up the the facts of the case, but in meeting with these people, um, you just realize very very early on that they're 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 not what they were painted to be. So. Um, yeah, it's, it, there, there hopefully will be some new updates to that case as time goes on. It's, yeah. you know, it was uh, over 10 years ago when the incident happened, I think 11 2005? years now. 2005? T- 2007. 2007. when the actual ambush happened. Yeah, that makes sense. Then the, the court of inquiry happened uh, about a year later. Cause I was in the Q course when I heard about it. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, th- things don't always move too quickly, but we've made quite a bit of progress and hopefully there's going to be more to that story. Um, uh, like I said, anybody that knows Fred Galvin, if you're listening to this, you can attest to that, the fact that he's not a quitter. <laughs> uh, he doesn't forget things. So he he's hes a, a good man. And, um, again, glad to call him a friend. And um, it's always nice to have facts on your side.
1: Yeah. Uh, other updates to the site. I know that today, actually, as we're recording this, we just launched a Loadout Room app. If you're an iPhone user, I think Android is coming very soon. Chris is amazing and and has done, like, an incredible job launching all these different apps and working on the sites and the Crate Club stuff. So that's going to be really cool to see. And then also there's a special promotion on Crate Club slash the Loadout Room kind of joint thing that a lot of you listening are going to love, which is um, you could win an Axle Precision Custom Elite 6.5 Creedmoor Rifle Package. Which is valued at how much were we? Staying? It's like fifteen uh, thousand. Yeah, fourteen to fifteen thousand. Yeah, and it's a giveaway. So just go to crateclub.us/gaw and you can check that out. I think so many people in this audience are avid shooters, are and are going to be all over that.
2: Yeah, and if you aren't, you know somebody
0: that it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, we just did. This was we two days of our you know annual strategic meeting. Yeah, I'll
1: be the first to admit, and you guys will see, uh, this is a shorter episode. Like I am a little burnt out. Yeah, I think a, it's all a of long us day. are. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but we uh, talked about a hell of a lot of things, hell of a lot of ideas batted around. Um, that's some pretty cool stuff. I don't want to like announce a bunch of stuff yeah. that you know may or may not happen right now, but I, I think we talked about a lot of things about optimizing from a business perspective, better customer experiences. Um, Yeah, for fans of the Crate Club, look for big improvements down
2: the line. um, Whether it's the actual products in the box, uh, whether it's customer service,
1: collaborations um, with different companies that are big in the industry. And
0: I, uh, you know, there's no. uh, I think we already talked about kind of the direction with News Rep and where we're going with that. Um, But beyond that, as I I was saying in the meeting today, I think it's 2019 is going to be interesting because. Well first off we're reestablishing our own identity as a as a news website. Um, at the same time, I, I think the the current trend right now is that you know uh, our president is going to continue to dominate the news yep. cycle for the next two years.
1: Well, you mean he's not going to be impeached or resign? Like yeah, MSNBC no, tells us, as, 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 well, well, as long he, as he even, has his Twitter even, account, even if he
0: will. is impeached, he's still going to be very much in the news cycle. Yeah. You know, if so. He has access to Twitter; he will be in the news. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to get impeached. But anyway, yeah, yeah, um, it's a pipe dream for some. But beyond beyond that, I think you know. He's in the news cycle every day, and I think the a- the average citizen, John Q. Public, is just getting exhausted and burned out on the news cycle. So it's a question of where are we going to fit in in that in in this uh, the current media environment. And I mean, it's no secret that journalism uh, writ large is going through a very tumultuous period <laughs> right now. Um, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a hell of a ride. I can say that much
2: yeah we we have uh, our work cut out for us yeah. and, and the goals that we have in 2019 but we've got a plan to get there um and then again with with our other sites uh with us all going in the right direction and working together uh with alex hollings taking over at fighter sweep I, I don't know if you all have announced that on the show No, we haven't but,
1: mentioned that but that's um, that's a big one
2: yeah just quickly with that so that site had been uh, essentially left dormant for a few months as we had transitioned and it just wasn't uh wasn't kept up with um So we've moved Alex Hollings into that role. For those of you familiar with his work at News Rep, he's still going to be doing that. Uh, That's his primary focus, but he's also added the Fighter Sweep website to his plate. So for any aviation fans out there, uh, he's got a lot of really great content. I mean, this guy's passionate about aviation,
1: so it really shines through in his work. So be sure to check that out. And you were all saying we should probably mention, uh, for those going to SHOCK Show, are we going to have any presence at SHOCK Show? There should be a party. There, it, I can confirm that there will be, and it's going to be—I I can't give uh, details on the Is day, it going to be the, BALA? <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'll be a little
1: different, though, than past parties in that, you know, to be honest, people would go to past parties— They'd meet Jack, myself, a lot of the writers. This will be scaled down in terms of you know who will be there.
2: Correct, but, but. I will tell you that it'll be scaled up in, the t- in terms of the venue. It's, yeah. it's, yes. It, I, <laughs> I, I've only seen things li- like this on MTV Cribs or
1: something when I was a teenager. I mean, it, it's it's going to be amazing. So yeah, yeah. So it, it'll be a little bit different. I think what we did previously was more of a low key meet and
0: greet. And tomorrow night is our Christmas party.
2: Yes, which uh, I think this is going to be a little teaser for those for those of us fortunate enough to attend tomorrow night. It's going to be a taste of what's going to happen in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> it does but, fall under the ball as
0: th- fuck yeah, category: pool the,
1: and a mansion, and
0: popping bottles with models. What do they?
2: Do they <laughs> think Drake's brother was there smoking weed when they were doing the walkthrough yesterday, or something like Mary that. yeah Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. I heard something about a mermaid in a pool. <laughs> And uh, I said I made the mistake of saying that to my wife, and my daughter's like, "There's a mermaid! I want to see the mermaid!" You don't want to like, see no, this mermaid? No, 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 no! <laughs> no, no little girl! I'll take a picture for you and uh, and, and show it to you, maybe.
1: And the only uh, update with the podcast itself, everything is going to go the way it's been going. We've been having incredible guests on and really diverse backgrounds. We're firing Ian, but other than that, (laughs) everything remains the same. No significant changes. Yeah, no, we're going to – we're scrapping video for now. Uh, We might revisit it at some point, but the reason being – uh, you know, there are companies out there who are doing, like, big things in terms of video production, multiple camera angles and stuff. And, and right now, we're just budgeting differently, you know, according to other stuff. Well, I mean, so, it's just a... It,
0: it, well, yes, that. We don't have the all the equipment here set up to do, uh, you know, something that's high quality. And, and, and uh, to be and honest... Nobody's the, watching it, so... <laughs> I wouldn't say
1: nobody. There's several thousand of you guys watching, but the vast majority... YouTube. Yeah, the vast majority of you guys hearing this, you know, you listen on... Apple Podcasts on Spotify on SoundCloud. It's a big
0: discrepancy. I mean, as far as the people who listen to the podcast, it's like what fifty thousand people a month. Yeah, between 50, huge.
1: No, a week. Between a week, fifty and a hundred thousand a week. A week, yeah. yeah.
0: Holy shit. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and that's. And
0: what did you say? One point six million.
1: Well, on top of that, I don't, you know, all these numbers are like, on top of that, we have the people listening on the app. That's so way more than that, yeah, per year. If that's 1.6 who are listening just on SoundCloud, you know, Apple Podcasts. It's probably and, and double then you, that because and you, then you have the to people add the on app. the app. The few people who are listening on YouTube.
0: You know, yeah, but by comparison to those numbers, exactly. and if you look at our YouTube videos, I mean, it's like 150 views. Yeah. <laughs> 170 views. And I'll be the first to say
1: it's because the video is not very exciting right now. It's not very dynamic. I I
0: think most people listen to this podcast while they're like running on the treadmill or something like that. Or driving. Or driving, yeah. yeah.
1: Driving, commuting to work. There are a lot of, you know,
0: like you said, truckers, also EMTs listen to this stuff as they're driving around.
1: Yeah. So the video is, you know, well, like I said, it's on a hiatus because in the future, maybe we'll scale up and we'll, you know, get some more cameras in here and, and make it look a little bit more professional. And if we do, that'd be great. Um, But I guess that's, that's it in terms of updates that we could give to you guys. Um, but subscribe to Crate Club because there's a lot of stuff on the horizon for 2019, uh, all different types of custom products and everybody today was, like, throwing out a lot of ideas that we're going to be doing in the future. And, are, you know, people are vocal about what they want to see. So it's a club for men by men, and you can check that out at crateclub.us. Once again, that's crateclub.us. And we still have the Spec Ops channel up for only four ninety nine a month if you want to watch our shows like Training Cell following former Special Operations Forces as they participate in the most advanced training in the country – Everything from shooting schools, defensive driving, jungle and winter warfare, climbing, and a whole lot more. You could check that out. As well as um, the inside the team rooms at specopschannel.com. Specopschannel.com, only $4.99 a month. Chris did the Spec Ops Channel app as well, which you could check out. And uh, I guess that's about it. This is a shorter episode. This is like the company update episode. Um, it might not be... Uh, this is like for the diehards. I feel like you know the people who just listen because they're the cool old on here. Yeah, but but I think our audience likes to know what's going on at large at the company. Um, yeah, for sure. We also have Brandon's podcast, uh, uh, The Power of Thought, has relaunched, and we have new episodes coming up on there. Um, my friend John Burns, who did the theme song for this show, is doing a theme song for his show. John is awesome, and we're gonna get like all new imaging for that, and and. It's a Brandon's podcast is very different. It's more entrepreneurial, and right now the theme of the podcast is freedom is the new rich. So these are people who are digital nomads, living life on their own terms all over the globe, and who are able to basically do whatever whatever their passion is, and all they need is a good Wi-Fi connection and a laptop, and they they're able to make shit happen. So I think it's cool if that's if that's something that you hope to. Uh, participate in and get out of your regular nine to five job and do something you love. So
0: yeah, at the end of my uh, my memoir, I mentioned that you know as I s- sit here finish writing this book, I'm sitting in a square in Sardinia watching my daughter swim in the ocean. I mean, that is great. There's there's some perks to being a writer. Yeah, yeah, there really is.
2: I I just left the uh, a job that the only job that I had known after leaving the military um, of six and a half years to to do this full time and having the the benefit of being able to go meet my kids for lunch at school if I feel like it or be able to chaperone one of their field trips uh, it's there there are little things that yeah. you, you really can't put a price tag on so it's been it's been good and I'm glad that Brandon's helping to spread the
1: gospel yeah. as far as that lifestyle because it's it's changed my life for I sure. don't get that uh, like Sunday night anxiety anymore because Monday is actually my least busy day. It's the opposite for me, but yeah. Monday is mic. usually the day where I'm, um, you know, booking some guests if there's anyone we want to get on in the horizon, but like, I don't have anything to record. I don't have any shows to edit that day. Uh, so it's a, it's not a full work day for me the rest of the week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So,
0: on a Monday, uh, I'm sitting literally in my pajamas at home writing on my computer, you know? So that, that's how, that. that's
2: how all of you Jack Murphy fans have pictured him for
1: years. And it's true. <laughs> and it's all,
0: tr- it's all true.
1: Um, I guess uh, on a final note, I'll tease out what we have coming up next week because these are pre-recorded, they're older material. Because I'll be away, um, but it's good stuff. I, I decided not to do best ofs, even though those get a great response. Um, this is stuff that a lot several of you have not heard. So, to, uh, Wednesday you're going to hear the episode that Brandon did for Power of Thought with Captain Jerry Yellen. Jerry Yellen flew the final combat mission over Japan. Um, for the Army Air Forces, as it was called at the time, for a short period during World War II. Uh, and then the interesting story is really that his son later lived in Japan, met a girl in Japan, and married a girl from Japan. And, uh, you know, Jerry Yellen, a little bit apprehensive about it, and he was wondering, well, how do her parents feel about this with my background? And apparently, apparently her parents said, wait, this is like a guy who flew the final combat mission over here. Uh, and and the father said to the daughter, I want that man's you know son in, in our gene pool because oh, well. that guy's got to be a badass.
0: Yeah, it, it, I think in uh, in Japan that warrants a certain amount of respect because it's like, well, you defeated us in combat. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Which wasn't easy. I mean, the Japanese were pretty tenacious.
1: Yeah, and then he, he spoke about, so Jerry Owen is also Jewish, and he spoke about in the episode that he went to, I believe it was an eye doctor, who was um, an Arab, Palestinian, and he said, like, I went in there with my preconceived notions of, you know, who these people are, and it turned out that this guy was, like, a huge history buff and, like, highly respected what I did during World War II, and, like, I grew a great relationship with this guy. And, you know, it is it is a positive message of, like, we are all human, and, and uh, the the really unfortunate thing that happened was a couple months after that interview he passed away and i think that was likely the final uh, interview of jerry yellen's life so i think it's just so cool that we get to document those stories and the fact is um soft rep radio just because of how long it's been and other factors it has a bigger listener base than brandon's podcast so a lot of you guys have never heard that interview so that's what you're going to hear on wednesday and then on friday we did an interview with CJ Ramon a while back and we split it up into two half the interview we did on an episode of software radio with James Powell. And then half of it we did for power of thought. I figured why not piece it together, give you guys the full interview in it's full context. And uh, yeah, it's CJ talking about replacing DD Ramon and the Ramones and getting like bottles of piss thrown at him by like crazy bug rockers <laughs> yeah. and how he like persevered through that. And, and, you know, just went through it with no fear and he's just an all-around great guy. I mean, former Marine. And he doesn't mention it, I don't think, during the interview. I, I listened to it, so no, he doesn't mention it at all. But if there's something that really tells you about what type of guy CJ is, when Jason Newstead quit Metallica, and you might have seen in Some Kind of Monster, the documentary on Metallica, they were auditioning bass players. Prior to that, they tapped CJ, and they were like, we want you to be the bass player. And I think just a few months or maybe a year before that, cj had a kid who was diagnosed with autism and he turned down metallica he was like i have a special needs kid at home and that's my priority and like that that shows that you're an honorable uh guy who who like has a true love of family that you're gonna get his priorities
2: right
0: yeah
1: i'm I'm sure people would say you're an idiot you turned down being a metallica they're like the biggest band in the world but it's just great dude yeah so you'll get you'll be able to hear that on Wednesday. Um, and that's it. We're off to go to a great restaurant uh, that I've never been to, Budokan, in a little over an hour, so I, I need that. to go get
0: a beer, like, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's been, you guys gotta understand, it's been, like, two days of eight-hour uh, talks uh, of everybody throwing around their ideas. Lots and of so information. Good, I, good idea, around.
0: Theory. Fairy. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's productive, but you do get burnt out.
2: I'm not used to, like, sitting down for eight hours. None so. of us are, yeah. i <laughs> used to talking to somebody in person for, like, an hour a day if that.
1: Yeah, so enjoy, guys. And once again, check out that uh, promotion, which is crateclub.us slash G-A-W uh, if you're interested in a sniper rifle package, which is pretty damn sweet. And uh, that's it, softrepradio.com, Instagram and Twitter, at softrepradio. Anything else we're
0: promoting that I'm forgetting? I mean, there's a lot of stuff we're forgetting. I mean, I, 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 my mind is kind of burnt right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, we hit the, we hit the high points.
2: Yeah, we, we've got the the more urgent stuff. Uh, there's lots that I want to say, I think, right now, but I might get in trouble if I announce <laughs> it prematurely, so there, there, we'll, we we'll say that We can, Yeah, we can
0: circle back around on yeah. all that stuff uh, as the situation warrants it. Yeah. yeah, and more writers on the podcast uh,
1: coming up. Stavros is going to make his first appearance in studio, I believe, so that'll be nice. exciting. And uh, a whole bunch of different guys from uh, great backgrounds. So, awesome.
2: You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio.
0: New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio.